When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Yeah, Things seem to be, you know, just rolling right along today. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it is the 20th of, uh, we're taping. You're listening to us on Saturday, but we're taping on the 20th. And it's a beautiful, sunny day, cold, a little mm-hmm. chilly, which I like, but um, beautiful and, and sunny and it, it's bright. So that's a good thing. They said the sun would come out. So it did, and happy for that because I always say, whether whatever it is, if the sun's shining, it's a good thing. So, um, are you serious? You didn't you didn't break out in the song? I thought for sure I would have, but I thought the sun will come tomorrow. tomorrow. Um, There we go. (laughs) Yes, but I won't. Um, I should have, but I thought, yeah, you know, spare the people. Oh man. Okay. So. Yeah, so we're we're here, and we have two guest experts this week, Lynn, with us. Yes, um, good stuff. So we'll, yeah, um, yeah, and then and we're always happy for them because they always give the best info we can get. So that's that's a good yep. thing. And mm-hmm. um, we have. I wanted to say that um, tomorrow, well, on Friday, which will be the day after you listen to before you listen to us. Um, but my son, Sean Cadden Foley, on the 21st of January, will be 28 years old. My Yay, baby is 28. Baby. Yes. Oh and he was born yeah. on January 21st, 1994, on the coldest day ever recorded in the history of Lackawanna County, it was 21 below zero. Oh. <laughs> 21 below zero wow. on the 21st of January. And he and his dear friend, Aileen Breyer, who is Kate and Dan Breyer's daughter, um, she was born at Mercy Hospital. And Sean was born at, at the time, CMC. And Mm -hmm. they were born on the same day. And to this day, they went to high school together because they, um, you know, they they live in another area. So they didn't go to grade school. They went to high school. And to this day, they are 
the dearest of friends and have the same, they share a birthday. So happy birthday to Aileen Breyer. And the funny thing is, is that um, her name, Aileen, is Gaelic for Helen. And when Sean, when we were deciding names, his dad and I, as to what we were going to name him, if he were a girl, I had the name I wanted. But Tom always wanted, if we had a girl, to name her Aileen because his mother's name was Helen. And that is Mm -hmm. Gaelic for Helen. So it's funny because that was a name that we thought of, that his dad wanted, and now he's dear friends with this beautiful young lady whose name is Aileen and Tommy, Sean loves, you know, loves her. And that was a name. So it's kind of coincidental and they're born on the same day. So kind of neat. Um, but yeah, 28 years old. My good Lord. Well, uh, my stepson, Tyler Robert Napoli will be 41 oh on God. the 23rd, which will be, uh, I guess that's Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday next week. And uh, I can't believe that he's 41 years old. Uh, yes. I, you know, I've known him since he was 18, 17 or 18 years old. And it's just been so interesting to follow his life, his career. And then for him to marry a woman that was actually a roommate of his at one point. I guess this is very common in, in Manhattan, but... There was an apartment that had, uh, I, I want to say, six people could stay there. Six places, bedrooms, whatever. And she was one of the people that was already there when he took a spot from somebody else who left. And that's that's kind of how they do it. You know, I mean, that's the way it's done in Manhattan. So they got to know each other. They started dating. And then at some point, he said he didn't, he thought it was just too much too fast. And they had, I don't know, was it two years or something like that, hiatus. And they got back together again. And the rest, as they say, is history. Oh, and there you go. he now has uh, a baby girl whose birthday is six days before his. So Isla Harper DiNapoli was three years old on January 17th. And she is just a riot. She is one of the funniest kids, and she doesn't know that she's funny, but she is. Because no. <laughs> well, I don't she imitates what she hears. You know, she imitates yeah, well, adults. And, and, and hearing that come from a three-year-old is just hysterically funny. And that's how kids are, Lynn. They, they don't, especially oldest kids, they don't have anyone else in the house besides adults so they mimic yeah. what the adult says um hopefully it's it's good stuff because i you don't want to know what i was up at wegman's the other day and i this little kid he wasn't a child i mean he maybe was five years old six and he wasn't saying a nice <laughs> and his parents kind of like shushed him and pulled him <laughs> you know it, it just happened but what it is but but in your case usually the oldest to do that so happy birthday to isla and to tyler and to sean and yeah and good news on on um uh sean too um he also has um um, accepted a um, clerkship now he's going to do a federal clerkship after he finishes this year at 
the law firm of Davis Polk in uh, New York. He will do a federal clerkship for next all of next year in, in Brooklyn. Um, and then he accepted a clerkship for the United States Courts of Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit in New Haven, um, mm. which he will go back to um, New Haven, where he spent three years in law school at Yale. And he's going back to clerk for a judge who graduated from Yale as well. This judge um, also clerked for uh, one of the chief justices on the Supreme Court. And of course, the court of the United States Court of a Court of Appeals is right below the Supreme Court. So um, it's good for it's wonderful for him. He's I'm thrilled for him. He's excited. He's just he can't be happier. So um, Yay. it's all good. And in between, he'll be back and forth at, at the firm. And it just adds to his um, wonderful resume so far for yeah. a young dude. Yeah. So um, lots of good stuff. So that he just called me this week to tell me that he accepted that. And I'm thrilled. So here we go. Back to New Haven That's for a year. And I said, well, Sean, the thing is you, you know it all. You know the area. You've spent time there. Um, yep. And it's easy. So um, that's, yeah, so good for him. Oh, that's good. All good, Lynn. Thank God. Um, but, yeah, he's very excited. So, um, anyway, nothing else. We've, um, uh, Super Bowl's coming up. Um, we're watching yeah. all the playoffs. Of course, we'll be at the... L-A-K-E in the chair watching the uh, well, Super Bowl on you the 13th. Will be. I will be. On the 13th yeah. of um, uh, February. And, you know, I was thinking, why is it? It's usually the weekend of my birthday. Do you think it's yeah. because of the Olympics that it's moved? Or did they have a I delay in the game? I don't something? know. Yeah, I don't either. But it Weird. will be on the 13th. And then, of course, the next day is... Valentine's Day. Yeah. So we'll have yeah. to do double stare, d- double celebration that night, Lynn. Valentine's why? Day and... Huh? Uh, what? Why? Why? <laughs> oh, what the hell? Why not? We might as well just be jolly. Oh. The 14th yeah, is a happy not? love day. You know, you have the love yeah. of your life there. Uh-huh. Patrick A. DiNapoli. <laughs> yeah, so you didn't say it, oh. you didn't say it the way you usually do. No, I call him the Napoliya. <laughs> yes, there you go. But he's um, oh, he is something. You should have heard him when I ran into him at uh, uh, Mansour's last week. Yeah, what did he say? He was there with Meyer, and he he yells. He I said, "Where's Patrick?" And he said, "Oh, he's coming down the mountain." Coming around the mountain, and I, I said, okay. And then all of a sudden, I, I was there at a, with a meet, at a lunch, uh, with a lunch meeting, and all of a sudden you hear, "Hello, Laurie!" screams from a, you know, around the corner. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. There's something low key about him. Himself mm-hmm. is in the room, so uh, yes, yeah. Well, I tell him all the time when he starts this business, and I'm downstairs. We live in a townhome, so there's three floors. So when I'm downstairs or on the middle level in the kitchen and he's in the bedroom, he starts screaming things at me. And I I have to go all the way over to Steph and I say, you're not in Brooklyn anymore. That's right. Because that is exactly how they communicate. They can scream and yell. You know, I have those things. 
I have a tendency to do that too. I yell from upstairs or down. We always used to do that growing up. And I was in the attic. Oh. Our bedroom was Barbara and, and my my room were in the attic. And so we would, you know, yell. My father would come down to the bottom of the attic step and yell up to us. And, and then if we were here, so that's sort of, and Meyer gets mad because I'm always like, and he's like, I can't hear what you're saying. Well, listen. You know, but, and yeah, I have a tendency to do that too. And I was happy about the fact, Lynn, that your, I told somebody that your cat, Hobbs, when he's a bad boy, you just have to point, you yell his name and upstairs and he, and he, you know, skulks up the steps and, 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 and goes in the room. And the other cat who he just was bold to, yes, sits outside of the door and meows for him. Yes. Well, he doesn't meow for him. He just sits there patiently and waits until he, oh, he, I until his detention is up. No, oh, no, okay. no. He just waits. But he just stares at the door? Does he sit or does yes, he lie he down? Does. Lay down? He lies down and gets himself into his comfortable position, but he just, it's like he's being holding guard over the door. And, you know, whenever I will, will come up at some point in time and release him, uh, he'll be there. And I don't know why he does it, because he's the victim. He's the one that I always know. gets... And so does he I don't then run... It. Does Hobbs immediately run downstairs when you let him out the door oh, yeah. after he looks at you with permission to go? Exactly. That's what he does. He comes out of the the doorway and, and turns around and looks up at me as if to say, is this what I'm supposed to do? Am I okay to go downstairs? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny yeah. that they know and that. That's... That, it's a riot. It's hysterical. I, I, yeah. I, there are times I have to laugh, and I shouldn't laugh because because it just dilutes it. You know, I mean, I usually well, yell you, at him, and he hears me. That that yelling scares him, and then I just point towards the steps. I, I, I get going, <sighs> and he somehow knows it. all that. I, it's just so funny. I don't. I, I never don't, trained him. To do it. And when you t when you texted me that uh, over the weekend, yeah. I was laughing. I was telling Myra, sure. "These cats are hysterical." That and the one follows them and sits there and won't leave until he's out of the door. It's just <laughs> I, I don't cat behavior. It's you just can't figure it out. I guess I don't no, know. you cannot. Doesn't work that but way. I, I I love it. They're so cute. But in the meantime, we are going to take a quick break and yes. have. Um, our next uh, guest come yeah. up, yeah. which would be um, Mr. Michael McHale of um, Barbetti McHale, Barbetti McHale, CPA in good old yeah. Dunmore, Pennsylvania. And we'll be right back. You're listening to Laurie and Lynch Show. Hi, this is Nancy Kamen from WILK's Morning News, and I know Laurie Cadden. A lot of people know Laurie Cadden. And more importantly, Laurie Cadden knows a lot of people. Laurie Cadden Enterprises specializes in fundraising, public relations, and special events. Laurie Cadden can take your business or organization to the next level. This isn't something that you learn about in a book. Heck, it can't even be taught. Laurie Cadden lives it. She knows how to work a crowd, open doors, and build and nurture relationships. With Laurie Cadden Enterprises, you get, ta-da, Laurie Cadden and her 20-plus years of experience. Call Laurie today at 357-8399, 357-8399, or email Laurie, Laurie, L-A-U-R-I-E, at lauriecadden.com, L-A-U-R-I-E-C-A-D-D-E-N. 
com. Laurie Cadden Enterprises, because it is who you know. I'm Dr. Nicole DeNova. Since VREC opened its doors in 2010, we've treated over 30,000 patients, including the puppy whose curiosity led him to a porcupine and the police canine who was just doing his job. VREC is located at 318 Northern Boulevard in Clark Summit and is open 24-7 for your pet peace of mind. To learn more about us, visit VRECPA.com or call 570-587-7777. ERA, Exceptional Real Estate Agents. When you want to have the best of the best selling your home, you want ERA One Source Realty. With offices all over northeastern Pennsylvania, ERA One Source Realty will give you the personalized service you'd expect from a professional real estate company. They have experienced realtors that have years of experience, which gives you, the home seller, an incredible advantage. They will offer suggestions to make your house sell faster. They will tell you what others will be looking for. They know how to present your home and sell its features, giving you the greatest chance to have your house sell fast. And ERA OneSource Realty offers an industry-exclusive guarantee. If ERA doesn't sell your house, ERA will buy it. Yes, if they don't sell your house, ERA will buy it. That's peace of mind. That's a guarantee worth its weight in gold. Call ERA OneSource Realty today and find out how you can have your house marketed by one of the top-rated companies in Northeastern Pennsylvania. Call 877-587-SELL or on the web at ERA1.com. ERA OneSource Realty, always there for you. It's Saturday morning with Lori and Lynn. Now, back to Lori and Lynn. Hi, we're back. My name is Lynn Evans. I am a certified financial planner, and I'm also the, the managing partner of a company called Women of Substance, LLC. That's a financial planning firm devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse. And that's available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, and just about anywhere else you can find podcasts. And I'm glad I'm quick. Laurie Cadden, I am. Thank you. I'm the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And our friend right here with us is Mr. Michael McHale, one of our sponsors. Mike, thanks again for being a, uh, continuing on as a sponsor for the year. Mike is a partner with uh, Barbetti McHale LLC, certified public accountant at uh, 1421 East Drinker Street in good old Bucktown, USA, otherwise known as Dunmore, Pennsylvania. And um, Mike is with us. So, Mike, Happy New Year and um, welcome. Happy New Year to you guys as well, and thanks for having me back. Well, we're, we're delighted. <laughs> we, we have some info throughout the year. Next month we'll have a little more scoop on on some changes and laws of, of, of all the wonderful thing of taxes that'll all happen and your favorite entity my favorite entity entity, (laughs) i am mike i am in love i'm going to tell you i'm announcing it today i am the irs and i'm in love with the irs and we make a beautiful couple i just want to let you know what i could be be (laughs) first one i've ever heard say that so exactly joke i'm a lying facetious (laughs) <laughs> so, Michael, but because it, it exists and because it is who it is, <laughs> we need to continue. So, so Mike, um, tis the season to be jolly when it comes to taxes. So, Mike, give everyone, if you would, like a thumbnail sketch 
of the differences between when time is and when, when it's most busy for accountants for personal taxes and when and how it works for nonprofit and corporate people and their year ends and what's the difference if you're, it's a certified audit, if it's an audit. Can you kind of give a thumbnail sketch of that in general to how this works? Sure. It's, it, 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 it's really dependent. Uh, you know, we all say tax season and, and accountants and auditors are busy uh, during the first quarter of the year uh, up until April 15th, which is the tax deadline, of course. Um, but really, that, that's, that's really because you have so many people wanting to get something done and they want to get it done at a certain time. So the more people that come in, the more people who need their tax returns done, uh, cause it to be very, very busy these first couple months, and which we like. And, and, you know, you try to get everything done in the winter, and then you can enjoy a little bit more, have a little bit more time off throughout the year, although we're, we're busy throughout the entire year. So it, it's really incumbent upon taxes are, 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 you know, something that we all have to uh, deal with and, and file on an annual basis. Um, do April 15th without an extension. The extension allows you to file later uh, and up, up, up until September, or I'm sorry, October, uh, but it doesn't extend the time that you owe the money. So if you owe money on April 15th, you'll start uh, collecting penalties for the late uh, payments. So um, on a nonprofit side of things, it, it's a little bit of a different animal per se. A lot of them have different year ends. So June 30th year ends, if you think about uh, you know, the, the, the tax deadlines at December 31st with 99% of us are, um, similar to June 30th, you have a certain amount of time to file your, your tax returns. And a lot of the tax returns for a nonprofit entity require you, in Pennsylvania especially, require you to have an audit uh, of those financial statements and to attach them. Uh, so that's another line of business that we do. We we represent many, many nonprofit clients, and we love to do it. Um, and we're still actually cleaning some up at this point. At the beginning of this year, we're still cleaning up June 30th of last year uh, for, mm -hmm. you know, the typical one or two that you always have a couple of things you need for whether it be from a bank or from um, some contributors or something like that. So they kind of they keep us busy throughout the year, the June 30th year ends. And entity level work is is really kind of like the, the hybrid between them both because 90 percent of those uh, for profit entities are twelve thirty one year end. So yes, we have to do a lot of that work now as well now through April, May, June, July uh, to try to do those that work as well. So a lot of them cause uh, us to be busy just just along with the other t t typical individual taxpayers. But a lot of the uh, entity work could also have different year ends, whether it be February, March, or September, October. They could pick their time. Yes, there is some things they'd have to go through to get approval from the IRS to change their year end, but um, there are many that have done so. And so we have different levels, different time periods, and, uh, and, and, and different times we have to file every return based on their year end. So it really isn't just a, a blanket answer to say, well, you know, everything, we're busy from now until April 15th. Yes, that's true, but it's really just true because the majority of people have a 12-31 year end, and that's mm -hmm. what we deal with first in the beginning of the year, and then we uh, we adjust as we go along throughout the year. 
Mike, why would somebody, why would a business or um, a nonprofit or whomever, why would they, what would be the reason that someone would opt or ask or put in a request for change for a, a year end? What, what would be the, or what would be some of the reasons they would want to do that? Well, I mean, it, it's a little bit different for a nonprofit. A lot of them do it as of June 30th. Uh, it's really right. been the habitual time for everybody to do it. Um, but uh, to give you a, a little bit better answer, um, uh, say a, 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 um, a, a supermarket or a, a, a more of a local market who does a lot of business at Christmas. So between Christmas and New Year's, they do a ton of business, whether it be just, say, selling um, shrimp and, and, and some seafood and stuff like that. That might be their busiest time of year, and they may not come down till the end of January. So it, it, it would behoove them to say, well, we're so busy at this time, we'd rather not concentrate on having to cut things off at 1231. We'd rather file as of uh, uh, February 28th. We'd rather do it then when it's a little more quiet, it's a little easier to cut off and start our new year. It really is dependent on the industry and, and when they're busy and, and, and stuff like that that would enable them to move. And it, it could be contract-wise. A lot of them, a lot of the bigger companies who do uh, contracts that could be nationwide, that they run on different year-ends when they, they, they file and such. A lot of them do them all at the same time. So that may dictate a, a time when you would need a different year-end as well. It, if it's easier for the company, to do so and, and to, to do to schedule the year end tax filings and all that stuff around their busy time, that's what they do. And Mike, is it difficult to get that move if they like does do you have to do that as the accountant to help them or do they have to do it directly to see if they can get their dates moved? I can tell you that the majority of the ones we would have to do for them. It is not an easy process to do. Um, okay. it's, it's actually very, very difficult and time consuming. But again, if, if your business dictates that you're really busy at the time at 1231 at the end of December, and you'd rather move the, the time off that it's well worth it. Uh, and yes, yeah. you can get it, but there are some hoops you have to file, go through just, you know, typical government red tape that you would have to go through. There are a lot of filings and, and, and proof that you would need to, to show. Uh, to, to get it approved, but you do need it approved first. You just can't pick your time. You have to uh, do all the filing and stuff. Like I said, not an impossible task. I've done it quite a few times, but um, it, it's a little bit of a process. Mm -hmm. And then when you, said, when you said something about the nonprofits, that usually, I know Laurie and I have experienced this on many boards, uh, but Traditionally, they go for the June 30th thing, and yet they have all year long constantly have reports and, and reviews that have to go to all the different government entities from which they get their grants and other services. So why is that just something that became a thing to do with your nonprofit that you picked June 30th, or is there a reason for it? Well, it's a bit, that's a very good question. I, I can tell you, and this is not the answer that is not the official answer, but I can tell you just about every nonprofit that I've ever worked on is June 30th. And quite honestly, I, I'm not quite sure of the reason why, um, outside of the fact that it's not 1231, put more stuff at, the, at that date. Uh, the June 30th was typically the year end for the nonprofits. I'm sure there is a reason out there. I'm sure I probably should know it. <laughs> but, <laughs> 
honestly, it's really just, I don't want to say that it's, it, you know, it's just standard because I do have nonprofits as of 1231 as well. But uh, just about every one is, is June 30th. Yeah. Not quite. Mm-hmm. And the other thing with that, yeah, and the other thing with that, Mike, is like a lot of times applying for grants and for different things that we're looking for, and they're looking they're looking for the financials, and sometimes they're like, well, I only have as of the last year because we file, like Lynn was just saying, we don't, we, our deadline, our end of year is the 30th of June, so we have to give you last year's versus this year. So that, that happens an awful lot, but a lot of times, and, and, and please, and you could maybe explain this too, Audited financials are what's how do when that happens or that's an ask you know I know that happens an awful lot with grants and you have this you have that what what is the explain the difference between those that are and those that aren't do you mean on the topic of audits on well those yeah like audits and yeah. yeah audits in general if you would. Yeah, it, 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 it's really a lot of, especially in the nonprofit end. I tell you, let me break it down into both. On the for-profit end, and typically the 1231, again, just a typical client that would need an audit, and we have quite a few of those as well. That's mainly dictated by the banks and the loans that they have or the shareholders that they have. And that would be in their, in, in their documents that say annually they require whether it be the bank or the shareholders or whomever, they would require an audit uh, on an annual basis. On a nonprofit basis, it's a little bit different. A lot of them require uh, audits because of the grants that they get. If anything over a specific amount of money, they're required to have an audit. Uh, so that's where a lot of the nonprofits get pulled into. They have to have it no matter what. On top mm-hmm. of that as well, a lot of the nonprofits, even if they don't uh, work on a lot of grant money, uh, a lot of the people who are involved like to have an audit because if you go out and try to raise money, you can see that it's still being audited by a public accounting firm that attests to these numbers that they're being right. So, yep. you know, the entities that are out there, too, there, there's even a further entities that are out there that used to be a client of mine um, in a prior life of mine at another firm that uh, will rate these agencies, nonprofit agencies. So if, if I'm looking to, to donate to a certain one, I go to this site and see how it's rated. And if it's rated right. well by the, you know, by the auditor, it's, it's done well, everything is filed on time, there's no uh, comments or anything coming back, they get a, a higher rating. It gives me more comfort in, in, uh, in donating to these entities. There you go. That's perfect. So, Michael, would you tell everybody, please, how they can get in touch with you if they could use your help, your services, or anyone else up at the wonderful accounting firm of Barbetti and McHale? Barbetti McHale. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> uh, yes, we are at 1421 East Drinker Street, as Lori says, in good old Dunmore, Pennsylvania. Um, and our phone number is 570 347 I'm sorry, 346-2057. Got ahead of myself there for a second. That's okay. And, uh, yeah, anything that anybody would need or any questions that they have, even on a a quick basis, give us a call and we'll be happy to help. There you go. Well, thank you, Mike, and thank you to everybody at Barbetti McHale. And we will see you next month. We'll have some new info for everyone. And uh, in the meantime, enjoy your weekend. And we're going to next up, we have our 
second guest expert, Ms. Angela Powell from Veterinary Referral and Emergency Center. And we'll be right back. You're listening this morning to the Laurie and Lynn Show. Hi, my name is Lynn S. Evans, CFP, co-host of the Laurie and Lynn Show. I am the managing director of a new business, Women of Substance, LLC, a financial planning firm dedicated to the specific financial needs of baby boomer women. I help them navigate through widowhood, retirement, divorce, and job loss. Send me an email at lynn at lynnsevans.com and let me know how I can help you. I'm also the host of a podcast, Power of the Purse, available on more than 30 sites, including iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. We record these lively conversations with women who've been there and have great advice to give others so they don't go down the same dark holes. And we feature some experts who share some great ideas to be prepared before you have to face these transitions. And we have a whole lot of fun. Please don't let the fear of not knowing about personal finances stop you anymore. I am here to take the confusion and mystery out of money. Go to my website, lynnsevans.com and see how we can set up a time to talk or browse around the many blogs and other free info on the site. Remember, money's not the enemy. Your ignorance of it is. The well-established and highly respected Northeastern Pennsylvania certified public accounting firm, Michael A. Barbetti, LLC, is making changes after almost 40 years in business. The firm name has changed and is now Barbetti McHale, LLC, CPA, reflecting the addition of Michael F. McHale as partner in the longstanding firm. Although the name and partnership are a significant change, the staff won't change. Their Dunmore location won't change. The way they serve clients won't change. Their work ethic won't change. And Michael Barbetti's involvement won't change. The Barbetti-McHale partnership adds Mike McHale's three decades of experience in corporate and not-for-profit accounting for the clients of the regional firm. Barbetti-McHale LLC certified public accountants provides professional accounting and tax services to all types of clients, ranging from individuals and family-owned businesses to governmental agencies and nonprofit organizations. Call Barbetti-McHale CPAs at their Dunmore office, and you too can make a change for the better. Business Banking at Fidelity. We have a great relationship with Fidelity. They're like family with us. They're right next door to my business. If there's ever a problem, just one phone call, I don't even have to go to them. They come to me. It's great. I love being in the business. This was meant for me. We're very busy. I'm running every day, and I love to stay busy. So that's why I need a bank that's going to be there for me when I need them. Back in 2006, we were having a problem with our lease in our other building. We were looking for a place to go. We stumbled upon this this location. It's right in the heart of downtown, right in the, the middle of the city, and it happened to be right next to the Fidelity Bank. They went out of their way for us to get this building. It was wonderful, and it's been a great relationship ever since. I have a business line of credit with Fidelity that gives me buying power. My credit card machine runs through Fidelity. My checking account, uh, my payroll taxes, they take care of it all for me. I bank with Fidelity, don't you? Member FDIC. Here's Lori and Lynn. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to Laurie and Lynn Show. I'm Laurie Cadney, owner of Laurie Cadney Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And I am Lynn Evans. I'm a certified financial planner, and I am a managing director of a company called Women of Substance, LLC. That's a financial planning firm devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse. That's available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and any place else you get podcasts. And our uh, our second guest expert um, is... 
Angela Powell, who is the public affairs and the public affairs liaison, I have to do that right in French, <laughs> at the Veterinary Referral and Emergency Center in Clark Summit. She's been a guest with us many times before, and we're going to talk about something very important at this time of the year. So welcome, Angela. Hi, it's great to be back. Hi, Yay. Angela. So uh, today so we we're going to talk about microchips. Yes. So okay, take one it away. Of the, one of the um, most common questions that we get at the hospital um, is, you know, what is the importance of microchips um, and the difference between microchips and GPS trackers? Um, so I don't know if, if you are familiar with microchips, uh, but they are yes. small, um, like little chips that are embedded into a glass cylinder about the size of a grain of rice. And they're just inserted um, via a needle, like your pet would get a vaccine. It's inserted into them like that. They don't need surgery or anesthesia. Um, but what they do is once the chip is inserted, you can go on a website or call a phone number depending on the manufacturer and you can input things like the address, a uh, contact number, the pet's name, um, your name, and ways to uh, get in touch with you in case they get lost. And what happens if a pet is lost? Um, there's a special device that's kind of run over the pet's body and if it picks up a radio frequency um, from this chip, it'll provide a tracking number. And the tracking number can be entered on a website or um, with a phone number, and it will pop up all of that information. So with over 10 million pets lost on average per year, uh, it's a really sound investment, um, and it's really inexpensive to keep your pet safe um, to help return them if they get lost. Sounds good. I have that in both of my cats, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, I just think it's so important that if they ever get lost and somebody picks them up somewhere quite far away, it's amazing how far mm -hmm. animals can go. And they take them to some place where that chip is in their body. Mm -hmm. All that drama about where's my cat, where's my dog, just goes away and Absolutely. it's just the smartest thing in the world Absolutely. i love it so but they actually... only work though uh, angela it only works as if they find if someone finds them right am i off on that right um well yeah. one usually the microchips are inserted like behind the the neck or like in the shoulder blade area however there have been cases where the chip has kind of migrated like based on the muscle um most shelters rescues uh, vet hospitals vet clinics they they will scan the entire body um i'm not 100% sure on the um the amount of wavelength that they provide and how close you have to be in terms of the scanner intercepting the microchip. Um, but on, on average, it's usually right in that neck kind of shoulder area. Um, and that should pop up. There's no batteries involved. It's literally just radio frequencies that trigger. So you never have to worry about um, getting another one in, like inserted or there's like no battery life that you have to worry about either. 
but they but the actual animal cannot be detected who it is unless someone actually like if they go missing someone has to find it to find out the info on the microchip right Yes, yes. Unlike yeah. a, a collar that can like fall off or something like this is kind of embedded, um, mm -hmm. but you do have to uh, make the attempt on using the, the rest scanner. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, it's too bad then, that they're not. Go ahead, Lynn. Go ahead. I was going to say, and then I think what you were referring to, Laurie, is that you, know, you have to you somebody a human has to find the animal and take the animal to someplace where they can scan for that. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. if you have what Angela was talking about, if you've got a GPS tracker device on the animal, yeah. right. then that's like the same thing as, as in your car. And you see those ads all the time. Somebody goes off the side of the road and they know exactly where you are because there's a GPS tracker in the car. Mm -hmm. Right. That's a whole different thing. And that's a lot more costly. But it is something that a lot of people don't do not even know that it exists. Yeah. So, yeah. so let's talk about that. So, unfortunately, you know, a lot of people um, can confuse the difference between a microchip and a GPS tracker. Mm -hmm. um, it is not possible to implant a GPS track GPS tracker <laughs> under this under the skin of a pet, um, just because it requires. A battery source and uh, you would need something that's going to transmit that signal to a satellite to uh, some kind of um, location service um, so I know that there are products on the market that you can purchase that allow like an external kind of device mm -hmm. that you can attach to the neck of the dog or something like that um, however that usually incurs a either a monthly fee or you have to buy it outright and you have to register it and you have to charge it. Um, so the benefit of the microchip is it's just an extra layer of security um, yeah. in terms of, you know, especially with the holidays, it gets, it's dark at night, you know, your pets might slip their leash or, you know, especially with the winter, your pets can get really confused on where home is if the scents aren't, um, if the snow kind of covers their scents or um, they get lost um, in the snow itself. Um, so microchips on average, I think, I think I paid about $35 at my vet to get it installed um, in my cat. Um, a lot of rescues and shelters will um, do it at no cost before the pet's adopted. Um, but it's Which something nice. that, yeah. what was that? That's really nice that they do that. That's, mm -hmm. that, you know, that's great. Mm -hmm. The key with those is it, I have a cat who was adopted and I have a cat that I rescued. So the cat that I rescued, I purchased the microchip. I had it um, inserted during his um, neuter surgery. So he was good to go and I was able to register all the information. Um, a lot of pets who go missing um, and get scanned at a rescue or a shelter, they have a microchip, but the owners never registered it. So it's oh. something very important to remember that just because your pet might be microchipped at a rescue or a shelter, um, you still have to take the time to go on a website or call a phone number and update all that information. And especially That's a important good point. Yeah, especially if you move mm -hmm. or you um, say your dog 
starts living with your your daughter or you take the dog from, you know, a neighbor or something. Updating all of that information is also really important and it helps get that information to the right people in case something ever happens. Yeah. Well, it, it, Angela, have you heard of and or as far as with the, and it, do any of the patients ever come in and and tell you that these type of um, devices have helped or that they use them and they would never be without it? Is there testimonial, I guess is what I'm looking for, that you hear from some of the pet owners? I mean, that, that has to be the worst thing. It's like when, you know, because of how people treat their pets like they're, they're children mm. to, to lose a, a pet. I mean, I know that happened to me with my dog. I twice, she got out of the gate and I was petrified because she never cared about looking. She wasn't a dog that was out. So she didn't know she had no street smarts at all. So I thought, Oh my God. And twice I lost her. And once I found her, but the next time someone had her in their house right around the corner and they had called me because I had the info on her tag and I thought I, I was like petrified so I I know the feeling so did you did anyone ever say oh I, thank god I had that because this is what happened or um do you just know it because it's just more being from a proactive standpoint um, it's a little bit of both, you know, just to be proactive because it, it's it's so inexpensive and it doesn't need to be replaced. It's always great to have. Um, we at VREC have a scanner and we actually have had um, a couple great, you know, good Samaritans come in with pets that they have found oh. and we've been able to scan them and reunite them with their owners. There were some where, you know, the pet was outside and it jumped the fence or, um, you know, it, they were walking their dog one day and, and the dog took off after a squirrel or something mm-hmm. and someone else was able to find it and bring them in. Um, so there's been a couple great dog and cat stories that we've seen. Um, we've also, if you've ever, you know, scrolled through the internet, there are definitely stories, especially of cats, that they'll they were located in like Texas or something and they were scanned mm-hmm. at a shelter in Philadelphia, Virginia. They somehow made it from one place Amazing. to the other and weren't ever, you know, caught or detected and then all of a sudden their their pets are being reunited. So it is kind of a great feeling. Um, I've been witness to people at the hospital scanning the, the microchips and being able to reunite pet owners. And it's such a great feeling to see these people so panicked about their pets and being able to, to bring them home safe and sound. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's, I, you do, we, you know, you wonder, I don't know if you guys have heard, there was an accident a couple months back and a dog got out of the mm. week, maybe it is. And a dog got out and ran away. And they were still, there was something in the paper later that the the owners were still looking, you know, putting pleas out to everybody, you know, we need to help us try to locate our our doggy. And I I wondered, because it didn't say anything in any of these stories, I wondered if they had had a microchip in the dog. I'm assuming they didn't, or they maybe would have said that. But, you know, it's just heartbreaking. I mean, they got scared, they ran. And and then all the commotion with the accident and every you know you, it, it, it's 
they're worried about where their animal is, you know, and it's, it's got, it's, it's terrible, especially something like that. Um, just because you have no control, you don't, you, if you're not from the area and I don't think these people were, um, I'm, I don't know if you, if you or he or she was found yet. I, I don't think I've seen any, um, that, um, you know, any current uh, updates on that. So, but that's why those things are so, so important. To do Absolutely. It. And if you do lose a pet, um, you can always contact us um, at VREC. You, if you have a flyer or you have missing um, information, we have a lost and found pet log that we keep um, okay. at our front desk. And if you know any pet comes in that matches the description, or if we see something online, a found pet that matches a description, uh, we try to match people up and, and get the pets home. Sounds I remember good. when my when my cousin's dog left, he took off on them for um, um, what the Fourth of July, the fireworks. It just mm-hmm. its name was Tipsy, and it and I can't remember if Tipsy came back. I can't remember. I, I want to say he did like a while later, but maybe I'm making that up. I don't know, but I just remember the fear that my cousins because we grew up like brothers and sisters because we were all the same ages and spent so much time with our grandparents, my grandmother, that, you know, they were like my brother and uh, my sister and brothers additionally. And they, that was heartbreaking for them. So, you know, that was as a kid, I remember that feeling. And I'm sure that that technology wasn't there, but just the the heartbreak, it's so fearful. Mm -hmm. You, You become so fearful. So, Keep it up. So, um, Angela, thank you for that um, good information and and to know how much um, uh, VREC, um, you know, helps with that. That's good to know that, that they can do that. So we're going to leave, Lynn. We're going to leave <laughs> yes. for the weekend. So, Angela, thanks for joining us. And, um, and real quickly, how can they get in touch? Uh, give us a call at 570-587-7777. Uh, you can check out com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or YouTube. There you go. Thank you. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great weekend. Be safe and please be nice. Bye. Bye. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. 
Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.